If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. Who knows what these films are going to, what category they're going to come under. Best, worst, who knows. Uh, my name is Ben Errington and I'm joined by regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit Turner. Hello, Ben. How you doing? Hello. Hi there. Hello. Uh, bonus episode, bonus ode. As we yeah, like bonus ode klaxon. As we like to call it. You should have heard the bonus ode klaxon at the beginning of this episode, which is from Taj Easton, uh, which is very nice. Uh, I'm a big fan of it. Hopefully you are too. I am. Sorry, I thought you were talking Andy to the is. listeners. I think I was and... talking to the listeners, but I left it open for you to jump in if you needed to, and you did. Well, if you did respond to that, listeners, good on you. Please do. <laughs> we got to feel that dead air. Uh, yeah. So we're about to do another franchise ranking episode. Uh, we did the Halloween franchise ranking last, I think it was last December we did it. Yeah, so, time flies, doesn't it? Time flies when you're watching all the movies, all the movies. So we've got the Resident Evil movie franchise ranking to do today, which is fun. Something a little bit, I say something a little bit different, but... Sometimes it's a little bit very fucking the same, isn't it? <laughs> some bit, some, I'm saying it's a little bit different, but yes, very, very the same. Um, I mean, sometimes I've, there'll be a laser grid in about 50% of them. <laughs> yeah. Even though I've definitely ranked these films, obviously, prior to this episode, and it was only a couple, only a couple of weeks ago that I watched them all again, I uh, they are blurring into one. From about the end of three, definitely all the way till six, really does blur into one yeah for me um so yeah we, i think we discussed that we were going to do a resident evil game franchise ranking and i think we still will do that eventually but i guess because we're both big fans of the games we thought it was a good idea to talk about the franchise ranking because we've definitely mentioned obviously we've reviewed 
the first movie on the show. Mm-hmm. We've reviewed the Welcome to Raccoon City movie last year. Uh, and I guess we always talk about Resident Evil, the game franchise, the movie franchise, as something we're fond of. And me personally, I've got a very difficult relationship with these films. Um, it's something that I've always got something to say, I feel. Uh, perhaps, yeah. perhaps not. That's not always a good thing because sometimes when people say, oh, but "I love those Resident Evil movies," and I go, "Oh, strap yourself in." <laughs> I've got some got some hot takes coming at you, but no, Ben. I think you're. Um, I admire you in, in many ways, obviously, but oh, in oh. this particular way, <laughs> I think you are such a font of optimism when it comes to these when it comes to these movies in the run up to in the run-up to Welcome to Raccoon City. I could see the the hope in your eyes. You're like a little boy coming up to Christmas time. Santa Claus is going to bring <laughs> yeah. you a bike. Even after, no... that, even, even after that first trailer. Santa's going to bring you a bike. Guess what? It's got no wheels. Oh, no. Yeah, that's what it was like having that film. I'm just... <laughs> it's made of sandpaper. What? How is that even possible? <laughs> well, it is. <laughs> sandpaper on the handlebars. Ah! Um. Yeah, I guess relentlessly optimistic, hopeful that that a, a great Resident Evil film will arrive because you know, I kind of want that. I'm really keen to have that. But watch it, rewatching these films, watching Resident Evil, Ra- Welcome to Raccoon City, maybe like the film I want doesn't exist and it's not possible to exist. But I know that there's a filmmaker out there who can make a better film yeah. than than these films because yeah, they really grind my gears they really get my goat they really do piss me there off. are some positive things to say and I, I think we'll, we'll we'll come to them but generally when we come to the films overarching at least the majority of them there are some things we can say about them i think which are admirable qualities for one paul ws anderson he loves his wife absolutely adores her <laughs> well this is the he thing thinks she's, so... he thinks she's thinks she's brilliant so did you he, know like, that they met and their relationship blossomed on the first film you they, see that's they were prior that, involved that, that's a, that's a love story that is great you know greatest love stories ever told romeo and juliet third because it's actually quite sad yeah. number two this number three the the Taylor Swift song no sorry number one sorry the Taylor Swift song love <laughs> yeah story. I was gonna say the greatest love story of all um, um, he's like right I enjoyed working on that film with you Mila I'm gonna make an action franchise where you are the star you're the centerpiece of that and I'm gonna make you look awesome and sexy in pretty much every scene you can have forget about the so rest many outfits of story so many, yeah. <laughs> You can have so many outfits, so many hairstyles. Even though it's a post-apocalyptic world, sometimes you are going to have a brand new haircut. Um, I guess there are hairdressers in post-apocalyptic worlds. But Alice seems like something of a loner. Can't imagine her just going into a post-apocalyptic salon. Maybe that's one of her, in some of the episodes where she has powers, maybe one of her powers is being able to cut your own hair really well. Yeah, Yeah, I see what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) She does get a lot of powers. Oh, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll discuss that and we'll discuss how some things in these films work. I say some. I mean, very, maybe 5%. Uh, and why some other things don't work and the reasons for that. I think as fans of the games and people who have played pretty much all of the games, I think we're well 
placed to be able to air our yeah. grievances and back them up with I think it's I think reasoning. it's absolutely allowed and I also absolutely recognize that it's unfair every time we're criticized well it's not really like the games is it and then you know welcome to raccoon city comes out and he goes oh no <laughs> you've, <laughs> yeah, done... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've done it wrong uh, yeah i think i've got some i've tried definitely from watching these films i've tried to break it down to to a po- to make a point of what of why the, they're not as good as the games and without trying to be unfair like this is the thing you don't want a film that is exactly the same as the games you don't want fixed camera angles uh you don't want the same actors and the same dialogue uh and all of the same beats story beats obviously you understand for a film it needs to be different however this i'll just make this one minor point before i go forwards however i think one thing that was key about resident evil is survival horror you always feel like you're up against the odds. You're barely getting by. You haven't got enough bullets. You haven't got enough um, uh, green herbs, first aid sprays. You're barely. Don't getting want to use by. a first aid spray. It'll, it'll, it'll impact your ranking at the end. Exactly. If you want to unlock something. You exactly. can't even use it. You don't, don't even want to save. You don't want to use your ink ribbon. You're on. You're on. The, you're on a knife edge because at any moment, a hunter is going to take your head off, and then you're dead, and then you are dead. Comes up. What these films get completely wrong is survival horror is pretty much absent completely because your main antagonist is Neo from The Matrix. Yeah, and more so, probably, sexier outfits. Sexier outfits. Neo slash Superman slash, I mean, maybe not Superman, but like uh, someone with superpowers... um, and, and also there's multiple clones of her as well so even if you do get her don't worry there's another yeah now um, i completely understand that in some resident evil games certain characters leon s kennedy for example well good at fighting um yeah hand-to-hand combat great but when it comes to and of course yeah supernatural powers are involved as well usually with the villains usually with the yeah. villains they'll have some sort of supernatural power having your antagonist primary uh, sorry, protagonist, primary protagonist, so overpowered, it kind of like removes the survival horror element. And I think that is so key to making it feel like a Resident Evil adaptation, that when yeah. that's gone, it just feels like an action film. Um, and, it's, and, and also, this is another thing I've noticed, in terms of um, T-virus-centered apocalypse caused by the Umbrella Corporation, in, in the games it works on a much smaller scale. Taking it worldwide just does not work. It does not. Yeah. It just does. It there's so many, so much more to think about, and I feel like this, these films just don't do a good job of doing it. It, it becomes Resident Evil Six, aka the worst one. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, that, that, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll come to it, and, and I'm going to yeah. try. I'm going to say this up top, and I'm going to try and find something positive to say about every single one of these movies about something that I did enjoy about it. Because I said when we came up, like, in terms of star rating on my letterbox list, I rated pretty much all of them the same. So it's really hard to pick an order here. So it's really been down to how memorable I found them and what I could really latch on to in each of these movies. But you're saying about all of these, um, you know... Little, little aside into the world of business for anyone who's listening to Horror Hangout bonus episode for business advice. I think the big thing I would say of the whole Umbrella Corporation is 
just get HR to do a better job because quite a lot of these entire viral outbreaks um, are based on really like disgruntled employees. Yeah, just really poor management of your your resources, really poor talent management. Where if you just looked after people a little bit prop, uh, a little bit better, think, you know, things, things like this wouldn't have happened. The Umbrella Corporation gets done dirty as a faceless organization. It's like in the games, I don't know, the threat just seems so much more. There's so much mystery and so much to uncover, and you're finding out more details every now and again. This is just bad guys monologuing, pretty much, yeah. constantly. And, yeah, it's like the 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 core, like the key principles of their organization are to be evil. It's like, oh yeah, we're we're an evil corporation. <laughs> yeah, that's literally it. Profits really aren't important. We we are actually out to this to directly be evil. And the other thing I'll say about these movies before we dive into them, especially the anime ones, your mates, the animated ones, um, they uh, they love a, they love a liquor, these movies. Oh, yeah. They're all, all about, they're all about liquors. Lick, they obviously got the template for the liquors down for days. Hot take for you, hunters are better. Oh, I do love a hunter, yeah. Much I do, better. I do love a hunter. What a, <laughs> yeah, they're so good. And the, this is the thing, that the introduction of the hunter in the first game is iconic. And there are, there's nothing you would look at from these films and go, that is iconic. Or they've taken an iconic moment from the games and and made it the same or made it better. They've not done that. Also, inconsistency, I find, is something here. There's a, a lot of films end, and then by the time the next film starts, the ending of the previous film has been completely forgotten about. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we use that as a point to join in on one I see that we agree on, our last pick for all of us because that is the guiltiest party yeah. of this one so let's so obviously in terms of the um how we how this episode is broken down we're going to go through our list starting from the bottom now we're here mm-hmm. start from the bottom um and as soon the first appearance of the film we'll on e- on any of our list we'll discuss the film then and then count down towards number one yeah. if it appear, uh, once it appears on our list we'll obviously make we won't talk about it again but we'll just say this is where this is, is where it, this is where it fell for me, yeah. So, but I know we both got the same number ten, right? So we are starting with the end. Uh, Resident Evil, the final chapter is, um, unless you've made any changes, both of our number tens, right? Uh, no, I've not made any changes. It's Resident Evil, the final chapter, two thousand and sixteen, the sixth installment in the live action movie franchise. I definitely saw this at the cinema. I've, do you know what? I was trying to think about this. Did I see them all at the cinema? I think I saw all except this one because I've only just watched this one for the first time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, so this, uh, as you mentioned, this vetoes the end of the previous movie, which was Retribution? Uh, Retribution, Retribution yes. is like when there's a big Lord of the Rings style, possibly Battle of Helm's Deep happening with every outside the white house and wesker's kind of gone oh tell you what we're you're our last chance alice but then this film begins with her absolutely screwed over going oh yeah wesker wesker got us uh and he and he tricked us even though he gave her her powers back was that part of the trick i mean the, the whole give it given powers taking away powers is she any different when she's not got her powers really um she doesn't have psychic okay. powers yeah, anymore that's still 
it, I mean, you could remove that from all of the franchise, really, because it feels... She just burns those birds up with it, really. It doesn't really do much else. No, but, exactly. Um, <laughs> but he gives her her powers back. And then, yeah, this film begins with, oh, um, yeah, he screwed us over. And all of the beloved characters that were with us at the end of the last one that had made it through the series this far, they're just gone now because they're not none of them are in it anymore that happens are they? a few times that happens a few yeah. times i think it happens at the end of afterlife into retribution with claire and chris where yeah they come to the chris this chris certainly again. chris certainly disappears does claire turn up with one of those yeah i think claire at least turns up in one of those vats yeah maybe oh but um so, sorry I, we're kind of talking about a lot of them amnesia as a plot device i struggle with that at the best of times it is absolutely <laughs> it is overcooked yeah. to the alice has got amnesia for days alice has got amnesia in, for in days the... one of the films claire's got like amnesia she had one of those things on her chest um Joe valentine gets a bit of a yeah everyone loves a bit of amnesia in this but not so much in this film this is the film where and it's weird to talk about it first but everything goes full circle and we have several, like we, we culminate in several versions of Alice. We've got the version of her that was a little girl that was also the Red Queen because she had a third, she had an unnamed disease. Also, third actress playing the Red Queen in this franchise, right? Yeah. It's the problem with little kids. They grow up too fast. But the, but the actress in the first film was completely CGI, so could have kept her CGI and looked the same. Yeah, you're right. Um, three... Three appearances of the Red Queen, three different, uh, three different little girls, and you're right, little CGI. They could have just used the CGI template, but who knows? I guess on this one because they needed to make her look a bit like de-aged baby Alice. Yeah, but it was an actress, wasn't it? Playing. Yeah, it was but an actress. They just found. A... I wonder if it was a relation. Who knows? Uh, yeah, but, who cares? This and is... then you had to have old lady Alice as well. Yeah, I mean, I saw that coming, I think, when it showed the back of someone's head as an old lady and didn't reveal it. Obviously, yes, we are spoiling all of the Resident Evil movies. Um, my original review of this, right, after I watched it in 2017 on the big screen. No, 2017, 2016, whenever it came out. I was fuming, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I said was, this movie has a billion cuts. A billion. And there's a per- there's there's a scene where I think it is, again, is it this film or is it another one? What, what What's the scene where Claire and Alice are both fighting Wesker and on a lift going up? Not Wesker, the other bad guy, this bad guy. Jora, Jora Mormon. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah the guy, the, the, gamer, the, game of, yeah, the Game of Thronesman. Yeah, Captain Friendzone. It's this one. It, it's yeah. this one at the end. And you're I, right, Claire I, Redfield does turn up again in this one, probably with amnesia. Uh, but she... They they fight each other on the way up, and of course, um, they're in a laser corridor at one point as well. Yeah. So because... that that particular scene, I watched back another another two times to try and count the cuts in the action scene. It is a, a, a unbelievable mess. It's like I think at one point, Alice like throws the guy backwards, and it shows it from about twelve angles. <laughs> It honestly does. It's just, it's the most kinetic, ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's just insane. 
And the action, I find the action sequences are a mess. That that combat prediction technology. Oh my. God. Oh yes, because he has. Um, well, yes, that's that's the power that that Captain Friendzone has. He has Sherlock Holmes powers, right? So it's yes. like, ah, if you grab the pen, there is only a thirty percent chance you'll get me. But he didn't foresee a whacking a grenade in his pocket and but pulling why? the pin out. Oh yeah, of course, you didn't see that happening. But this may have the one of the worst moments. The moment where I literally f- reacted like I'd been punched in the gut was when the the big bad walks out in front of Alice and she goes, I killed you. And he says, yeah, here I am. And then she like goes, I killed your clone. <laughs> just makes this such a... Yeah, she just worked it out. And you killed it. And let's face it, in times of film releases, killed his clone, what, three, four movies? Kills him in number three? So you, yeah, killed him three. Three mo- you killed him three movies ago and in real time about five, six years... Oh man, um, I think and and here he is, and he's also he's in it again because he's already been he's already been in this movie a different version of him the version of him that's a reverend that's driving around in the Mad Max universe. Yeah, so obviously mentioning the mentioning the laser corridor, and I mentioned before that there were no iconic moments in this film. It seems to think that the laser corridor is an iconic moment. I'm sure it's memorable. Sure, it is. Some would say it's iconic, I'm sure, yeah. But this film leans so heavily into it. It's like, that was cool from the first one, wasn't it? Let's put it in as many times as possible. Is it four in total? Four laser corridors? I think it's been in that many um, that many <laughs> events, right? It's got to have been. It's in one. It's in possibly three. Yeah. Definitely here. It's definitely in but... three because it's at the end of three, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, possibly when she's escaping at the start of. Oh, I don't. Yeah. So, a couple more notes I've written here is that it wants to be the Matrix. It wants to be the Terminator. Why are there even zombies in it? <laughs> like, because the exist existence of zombies is unbelievable. And also, let's again spoiling the way the um, what's it called? An antivirus is expelled into the air. And yeah, takes, you just got to, you just got to get it out in the air. Then everything with T virus will ever immediately will die. die. Oh, but what I hate about this film is that it calls itself the final chapter, but it's got like an open end to it. Like it ends. She's like, my yeah. work, my work isn't done. I've still. Well, I guess, go it, and... I guess she's become on a temp job though, because now she's still around riding about saving people. Freelance. Yeah, freelancing, but it's just because not all the monsters have died yet because it's going to take a while for the, the wind to blow the antivirus about. So yeah. you got to wait until it's got everywhere. So if you want to do one more, then you maybe could, but they've kind of won. But the whole premise of this thing, like the antivirus has to be released in X amount of time. Otherwise, that's like the point of no return and all the goodies will be dead. All the survivors will be dead. But they also, yeah, yeah, but they also say, oh, it's going to take ages for the wind to carry it as well. So. Might be years, and then there's yeah. Like may- pre- maybe maybe knowing that there's hope yeah. will keep the survivors alive. They're like, oh no, we'll hold on a bit longer. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm. I think we both put this film incredibly low in terms of our rankings. It is a, it's a mindless action film that just isn't fun. Because mindless action films I can deal with as long as they're kind of fun. This isn't fun. I feel like it takes itself too seriously. The legacies of certain characters from the games are just like there. And I like Mila Jovovich, but I don't like her Resident Evil. I find 
Alice as the main protagonist is intolerable. I don't know why. I just don't find anything she says or does. Like, I'm not related to her in any way or wanting her to win. I'm just like, we know she's going to win. Because for some reason, she's like, at least in the first movie, there was like a little bit of human weakness to her. And as she's rediscovering things, her amnesia's wearing off. We're learning those things as well. Then she can kick a dog and stuff like that, yeah. But the tr- but literally, well, obviously we'll get into the second, but we'll get into all of them, yeah. But her character arc from, her character transition from the first movie to the second movie is unbelievable. <laughs> and then, and then, and then the, her character transition from the second movie to the sixth, there's none. <laughs> she, yeah. So it's like, it goes from, tw- I don't know, in terms of ass kicking, she's at a 30% in the first film. And in the second film, she's at 95%. And then she sticks at 95% for the rest of the film. There's no, like, there's no, she doesn't earn the right to be that that awesome. I yeah. Guess. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a bizarre, bizarre roller coaster. In the end, you say, we think she's going to die because she has the T virus, but the gift of the old lady is also all her memories. So she remembers just having a normal life. Yeah. But is a, you know, woman in her prime with superpowers. <laughs> um okay. off to live a off to live a best life and you're right then i think in at its heart it is a mindless action movie but it's a mindless action movie that requires and is looking to pay off five other movies worth of content and draw it all to a close my positive here will be fair play to them because in many ways they do it they call back to pretty much everything apart from the end of the previous film um and they they do their best to to tie it all to tie it all off, and there's that little bit in the middle where it is where it's sort of cube for a little bit, where yeah. people fall out of the things into yeah. But yeah, I'm it's f- it's crazy. It, it, it's crazy and it's nonsense. It's crazy and it's nonsense, and I'm getting to a point now where. I don't know if I can ever... I mean, that's the second time I've seen that movie. I don't know if I can do it anymore. Because <laughs> I think the original one I've definitely seen four or five times now. And I'm even starting to lose a bit of patience with that. So all of the others, I think I'm just done. <laughs> just yeah, done. I, I, I never need to see... I don't think I ever need to see that one or some of them again. I might revisit one or two and we'll come to those. Yeah. But yeah, this one, I'd you be wanna, quite happy just to say, yeah. Do you want to so go to number nine in your ranking? Number nine. Um, so do you want me to say number number nine? So that we yeah. have a difference here. You so can go for number nine. I'll do my number nine then, which is the first of the animated films, Resident Evil: Degeneration. Degeneration X, two thousand and eight's Resident Evil: Degeneration. Um, I didn't put it as low as that, but obviously we will get to we will get to my where, ranking where you're ranked later. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, so Resident Evil Degeneration, the first of the animated movies. Um, I, I guess I have it so low, not because it particularly offended me in any particular in any particular way. It's nice to see those characters from the games again. I, I think mostly I put it quite quite low because I feel that there's more development and more life in these characters when they're in cutscenes of a game versus something that is presented as a, a, a as a film, I find the the extras that they meet all quite 
all quite sort of cardboard cut out. And then the, the final piece of the puzzle is just in the, um, I guess just how CGI comes along from this one. I find everyone kind of glassy eyed in it as well, particularly, um, I'll have to pull up the name of the film to tell me which M- name of the character M- is. MPC Angela. Characters. Yeah, Laura, Laura Bailey as Angela Miller. Angela Miller is the, is the most like dewy eyed, like and the eyes are too big and shiny to actually, it's very uncanny and it looks, it looks like there's a dolly in in this. In this <laughs> Leon's eyes aren't quite so jarring because he's a bit frowny and Claire isn't in the movie quite so much, no. but Angela in particular, every time I looked at it, my brain was just going, you're watching a CG movie here. Yeah. So um, I didn't rewatch these because I'd only saw them last year. So, but I did refer to my notes. Um, sorry to some of the reviews I, I wrote from last year. I didn't write much. I said, Leon's hair is the silkiest it's ever been. It's true. His hair has never been silkier before or after this film. Um, I think the first is the air, airport one, isn't it? This is the airport one where it's Angela's brother was yeah. an eco uh, like right. an eco activist, yeah. and then he gives himself a bit of G virus, and he gets a big arm on him, and then they. It's a bit, a bit where, of G virus. Yeah. Yeah, he gets a bit of G virus, and then he kills all those soldiers. They drop a crane on him. Uh, then they then he gets blown up while they jump into water and he give and Leon. I mean, you, it is kind of alluded to that it was a kiss, but he was blowing air into her mouth as well, so she didn't drown after they were exploded. And then the end of it is like he, her brother exerts a final bit of humanity just as the, you know, ubiquitous self destruct system makes the lab thing he's on fall into oblivion and he's gone forever. So. I, I said decent zombie action in the first half, decent mon- mutant monster action in the second, just overall a bit flat. Um, yeah. And it does, it feels sometimes like, yeah, you are watching the cutscenes between the game and you kind of want to take over and, and, and get involved yourself. So, but again, I think when we come to this ranking, I'll, it do, I do rate the animated ones higher than the other ones just because despite despite the fact that obviously they're not perfect and they're not great, they just feel a lot more like genuine Resident Evil to me where the other ones are just action movies where Umbrella Corporation's in it and there are, oh, there's some zombies over there. All the zombie stuff I find in these animated films feels more Resident Evil. It feels like you could just yeah. walk into that world, walk into a lab, walk into an airport and take yeah, over and, and be be in a Resident Evil game. Whereas I never, ever feel like that with the... Um, I think my the big problem is stuff. with with degeneration in particular of the things is I do feel like I'm in a Resident Evil game. I feel like I'm in the one I already mentioned, Resident Evil Six, the worst one. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Which is well. which is just like I find it all really strained between shooting things I didn't care about and there's just no development. You know, you don't have a villain like a like a Wesker or a Birkin. Like the guy who is the the environmentalist who's gone bad or the scientist who's behind it all who gets arrested at the end and they still have time to do some banter with him while they arrest him, pretending they're going to shoot him. He goes, oh, no, please, I'll give you all the money. Like, uh, yeah, C-3PO, the bad scientist. Like they, um, yeah, it it all just feels a little one-dimension and flat. I have more affinity for the villains in another famous zombie franchise, 
It's come up recently. Doctor Curian from from uh, from from House of the Dead. Curian, what have you done? Um, like he, it makes it makes Curian look like honestly Hamlet. He's got so much depth to him. <laughs> so yeah, that that was my problem with degeneration. And I, I, the other thing again, CG ages faster than you think, doesn't it? So then yeah. when you look at it versus some of the CG you see now. You're like, yeah, it, it, it's quite jarring. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, cool. I will obviously let you know my ranking when we get to it. Are we, I, can, I can go to my number. How are we doing this? Are we doing this like one what's by your, one? What's your, what's your number nine? So get to your lowest one that hasn't been revealed yet. Got you. Okay. This is going to be a little bit more difficult than the Halloween franchise because I think we were quite close on a lot of them. I think we're a bit all over the place with this. We're one. all over the place here. So... My number nine is Resident Evil, Resident Evil Afterlife, 2010's Resident Evil Afterlife. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's not that much higher. It's not that much higher for me. So okay. this, the one of the main reasons I hate this film is the, I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to say, hey, I think I've given it a single star rating just as I gave final chapter. The opening scene which obviously has... So at the end of the film before, which is Extinction, Alice finds loads of clones. Hundreds yeah. of clones. Thousands of clones? Um, all the, the clones you could possibly want. Literally. At the start of, at the start, yeah, at the start of Afterlife, her and what? 12 clones? Going, yeah, all in brilliant outfits. All Right, yeah. All in brilliant outfits. All with like samurai swords, dual, dual-wielded pistols and Uzis hair like really long high ponytails like with extensions she looks absolutely immaculate and absolutely fucks up dozens and dozens of umbrella soldiers all of of umbrella where even the office workers will pull a gun and try and shoot shoot someone if they're up against the company you've worked at a company ben would you most of them would just be like Nah, I guess. Like, so, <laughs> I didn't write much about this one in my review either, but I said the opening scene just shows off the worst of what this franchise has to offer. Like, I think, I think this this opening scene in itself, as like a a, a completely enclosed scene, is that the word, I what word I'm trying to think of? Um, sh- just for me shows everything I need to know about this franchise and why and why I don't like it. It just it's just jumped up, just takes it too shiny too shiny like mm. this is the, the survival horror element we're gonna take down umbrella when chris and claire in in code veronica x are going to take down umbrella they're like two people up against the biggest scariest corporation ever it's not big and scary when you're a superhero it isn't yeah <laughs> it fucking uh, isn't so. yeah and you, you can get and you can like eliminate them all as a superhero but jokes on you alice because old bertie wesker has uh, got the drop on you because he has a bomb that can <laughs> send, send the entire office building to the shadow realm or something like yeah. that. Literally, just like a big white explosion sends it to another dimension yeah. and wipe out all of your phones. But thankfully, don't worry, original Alice, is uh, she's escaped. So it's only the clones that You're original been... Alice, am I? Well, you think, you think you're original, don't you? Yeah, I do think I'm original. Actually, you're a clone. What? It's just all there's all stuff like that going on. I think it's yeah. This film and is, this is where he, he sticks her and she loses her powers so she can be weak yeah. for, for the 
Is this one mostly set? Is it like a prison that they're, or just the top of a building that they're in? The top. It's like a prison, but it's like the top of a building and landing a plane on the top of a building. My God, um, I've also put it's inconsequential as it is nonsensical. It's just like, yeah. in terms of advancing the whole story of Alice versus Umbrella, it just does nothing. It just it. I feel like these films do this as well a lot. They sort of linger around the same sort of thing for too long something that's not quite interesting or a place that's not interesting or people that aren't interesting and just has alice there until she has to go full superhero mode and fuck everybody and, up yeah and she needs to win and we get some you know we get some monster inclusions this week we kind of get last plagas but it's mostly zombies that have got blade two mouths yeah um you get a resident evil 5 uh big axe wielding dude they have the like Axemen, a... who they fight in the a, they fight in a toilet. They fight in like a shout. Yeah, <laughs> there's like <laughs> serious plumbing issues going on in there. It's just pissing down inside. Yeah, I mean, years after a zombie apocalypse has wiped out the entire world, the plumbing is still going. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> which is weird because that. they have to have they have to have a special rig that she's got like a bucket that she's gonna have a shower with. Yeah, yeah. The plumbing in that bathroom is able to. The sprinklers are going off. It's raining. Totally honest. Didn't even think of that. But what a gaping plot hole that is and there's the, the there's the film there's the film producer guy that is you know definitely going to turn bad from the second you see him there's the basketball player who becomes you know he's on the watch advert and he is a recurring character he gets slurped off but then does just reappear in the next one just just because um yeah this this is a this is a real mad one uh, and it goes all over the place. The things then again, then this is one this I think this is the one in this opening scene that you hated. That's the positive I'm taking from it. That positive that opening scene, that's where I paused and went, he really loves his wife. Like <laughs> every yeah. every shot lingers on her so perfect. I mean either that or the director of photography really loves his wife, one or the other. Um yeah. like the like every shot lingers on her. She has the best outfits. She's I mean, if you consider each of those clones a a version of Alice, she's a good ninety percent of the cast. Yeah, that's true. She is. Um, and again, I I feel annoyed. I feel annoyed at her, but I I know it's not her fault. <laughs> like she's been she's been told to do well. You know, this version of Alice is supposed to be she's so like inhuman and superhuman and posing all the time and she, she can wield sawn off shotguns in, in each arm um obviously yeah it's ridiculous but yeah i just don't feel i i'm not there are horror films essentially but i don't feel any tension at any second or even even in the quiet moments when they try and give you jump scares you know which are yeah. point, pointless essentially because all it is is alice walks into an area where it's there's no one around. Alice looks around. Alice is jumped on by some sort of creature and immediately dispatches it and rinses it. Yeah, she beat she beats it, but then someone else will be got by these by these things. Um, yeah, and then we get the we rescue Claire at some point who doesn't have it doesn't have a memory um, at the beginning when she first lands a little when she first lands in the first place before she then flies to the building. Mm. Um, we, the the sanctuary that people have been going on about since Resident Evil Three in Alaska, they they find that and it's oh, a yeah. it's a boat. We see people like Kmart and everyone who we meet in Three captured on there. 
we meet Chris Redfield, who's in prison, and Claire doesn't remember that they're brother and sister. As this is this is where you get the sign of the time. Your casting of the person that's like in the yeah. big TV show right now. Yeah, it's Wentworth Miller off Wentworth. the back of off the back of Prison Break as well in another prison. Yeah. Um, but again, like Claire and Chris. I never believed it. Even even the relationship of them together as well. Like it just never feel. It could be anyone. It could. They, why need to make it major characters from the franchise? I have no idea. You'd be um, almost as well not including them and then having that freedom to be exciting and to kill them off. And even if you're winking to the camera and saying, "Oh, this is kind of based on your Chris and Claire character, but this is our world, so we've made it different." Hmm. You could. You could you could maybe get away with that a little bit more, but I know they're doing it for a degree of fan service. And yeah. it's because I don't want to hold my hands up to this one. I know that this entire series is not really made for me because it has, it has more combat movie energy and there should be an official term for this if you want to invent one, but it is a film that is, it has an age rating. And if you're below that age rating, it's going to be the best film you've seen. But if you're <laughs> at the age that it's designed for and above, yeah, you'll see through it and know that it's absolute that it that it's not a great movie. Prime time for this for me and my age is, and I still stand by this being a great movie because it is. But the Mortal Kombat movie, like I was, it was at fifteen when it came out in UK cinemas. I was far less than fifteen at that time. I think I was like ten, eleven. I'd have to look at the. I'd have to look at the 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 release date. However, when it came out on VHS for the, from video, I excited, like I was probably one of few people in the world that was looking forward for the home video release date of Mortal Kombat so I could rent it and then watch it. And when I watched it, I was blown away. I loved it. And like my cousin and then like some kids at school who had seen it, I'd be so hungry to hear about what happened in it. I was oh, tell us. And they go, oh, yeah. And then they fight reptiles. Reptiles. And, <laughs> and it's the same. It's the same with these Resident Evil films. If you weren't old enough to see this, but you you were excited for it, and they were like, oh, yeah, and Chris Redfield's in this one. Oh, he turns Chris Redfield. <laughs> it was, yeah, there should be a term for what that is, that excitement yeah. for this thing that you're not really allowed. So it's been built up as the yeah, coolest yeah. most grown-up thing that you could have um but yeah it's uh it's wild absolutely wild okay uh, but, not, but not in a good way but yeah he loves his wife it's wild he loves his wife that's what we take away from that yeah. he loves his wife uh he loves his wife more than he loves resident evil as a franchise yeah um, and you know you know i'll give, give give him credit for it you know what at, at this point you're on movie what afterlife is movie four You've you've by by now and we'll come to the early ones. You've come so far away from anything other than some of the aesthetic choices of the movies. Just yeah, they're just doing what I'll, they want. I'll, I'll be honest. From parts three through to six, three, four, five, and six, um, I could ease. No, no, not even three, four, five, and six. Two, three, four, five, and six. They're fairly interchangeable for me. I mean, I definitely like final chapter the least. And I definitely like Extinction the most out of those. But mm -hmm. in the middle, interchangeable. Could probably Afterlife and then the others we're going to discuss, switch them around easily. They're not... Yeah. I find them you all could... equally as um, 
annoying bad <laughs> bad yeah you could bad. you could swap a lot of these around for you could swap a lot of these around for me as well it's there's what? no huge marking quality changes are you, have you what's your number eight my number eight i'm following up with yet another uh animated film the next one in the animated series damnation where there damn are some nation damn yeah it is a damnation uh, a damnation, a, a fictional Eastern European nation, oh, which is yeah. probably quite a problematic uh, representation of an Eastern European nation, where they are, you know, a former former Soviet country now looking to make ties with the. It's a little bit painful to watch in current yeah. circumstances, um, uh, and then you know, really like the representation of like people and what they, you know, the guy who is kind of anti-America but loves American things with oh, probably, yeah, that, quite, oh, yeah. probably quite a terrible accent. And, but I yeah. did like, you know, I'm not just going to focus on those things. There are some interesting things in it, whether they talk about the, it's the Plagas again, uh, and they have the the controller form. So the people who can kind of control the monsters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Too, too many, too many, too many liquors again. But, I think um, oh, loads of liquors. So, uh, if I remember correctly, the animation's a lot better in this one than it was. The animation, the, the animation is better on better on this one. And we get yeah. Ada Wong having doing like a big karate fight with the president of a company who is no the president of a country, sorry, who is also like the best at martial arts. Yeah, like again, Matrix level, <laughs> Matrix level martial arts. And then we get like liquors and a tank versus Mister X's. Liquors in a tank versus Mr. X's. Yeah, I remember that being quite fun, if I remember correctly. Yeah, there's some fun action in it, but it is, yeah, it's again, it's 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 video game, video game, especially Resident Evil Six cutscenes, yeah. and it feels very disposable. That you've got, hey, this isn't a city in America. This is somewhere in the you know in a country that you've never heard of and couldn't point to on a map which we can just absolutely fuck up with big old monsters yeah <laughs> um this doesn't have any of the i think that maybe the next animated one has two of the most over the top action scenes ever yes and it's the one i liked the best as well but yeah yeah that's the one i like the best as well but see the thing is right this is where my reasoning is probably going to come undone a little bit but if a scene like that like the ones we're going to come to discuss was in the live action films it would make I would like them less, but when they're in yeah. the animated films, for some reason, I'm a bit more like I enjoy them more, and I'm a bit more accepting of them. Uh, but in the animated films, I don't know. Maybe it's because the people doing them are major characters that I've come to know and love for years, whereas obviously the live actions are just Alice. Alice, who? Who's that? Who's that? I think it suffers. Yeah. I think it does greatly suffer from having a. Uh, and a new anta- uh, protagonist as well, because yeah. it's a it's a bo- it is a bold choice, and of course we know yes he loves his wife. Um. Yeah, you got you got you got to stick by that, and he does six whole movies of it. Weren't even married in the first one. Doesn't yeah. direct the second one exactly. Um, but um, yeah, th- this this animated one, there's nothing to dislike in particular there there is some there there are some credible action bits i just found it a bit of 
nothing essentially yeah. I, I think if i hadn't watched this i like i would quite easily just catch up on stuff another time that's how i felt about the series i think i say series i, I haven't seen the like, series yeah i think it was in like three or four episodes but i felt like it was a yeah i felt a bit like that Is that eternal darkness yeah, yeah. infinite darkness eternal infinite darkness, darkness is that's else. It. um it gets bogged down in like um the politics of the world rather than the do you not do you know what I mean? The survival horror element of things. I keep saying that. I will keep saying that. Um which is yeah. I, I guess I'll mention a bit more of that when I come to my next instalment. If I mean I guess if we're done with Yeah, I've got nothing else to say about that one and that's the, that's its biggest I think that's its biggest problem that I don't have too yeah. much to say about it. It's yeah. whacking your action figures together. <laughs> Always a good time. So this is where the I think the biggest difference uh in in ranking for us is that my yeah. next movie number eight for me is resident evil apocalypse from 2004 so res- essentially resident evil 2 um because it takes a lot of resident evil it's a weird one where from the games it kind of feels like we've got some character resident evil 1 but also it's set in the place in raccoon city in the way of resident evil 2 and also there's big bads from resident evil 3 as well so like it's an amalgamation of that um so when i rewatched this i was a bit like this one's all right isn't it as far as i remember surely uh but that jump from alice's character from how she was in the original movie to how she is in this one really really ruined it for me really got you it really Really got got me where i was like oh god because obviously you've got jill valentine in this you've got stars to a degree although i think they're pretty much um given or get, or get a machine huge guns. amount of disrespect by getting machine gunned but alice's character development from the first film to this now she's an unstoppable all-knowing badass and i was like and why exactly why and she just it overshadows every other character in the film so the fact that we've got jill valentine in the fact we've got nemesis in this even though yeah he's a bit rubbery um and for some reason they've humanized him like giving yeah. him a bit of a oh, actually oh, there's a human in there somewhere obviously it's the he's, guy guy from the first movie it's a good one yeah the guy um, who should have in all yeah we'll come I to think... more in resident evil one but he should have played max Payne. he has the perfect max Payne face oh yeah definitely i didn't think of that but yeah <laughs> max Payne hair as well um yeah. i think humanizing nemesis is unforgivable unforgivable i'm not going back on that and i think that's why i went from this film's kind of all right oh we're in at least at least it's a bit i don't want to say scary but at least it's a bit it's in a city in the dark and it's a a group of people trying to survive and go from a to b that is when i think this franchise does the best is when it's people trying to survive and they've got a goal you know they've got to go from a to b um and survive and but for some reason so it's the humanizing nemesis that got it for you. I'm going to, I'll jump on this and defend it ever so slightly. Okay. Okay. I like it because it is like just quite a silly action movie. Um, it, there are films in the franchise that are of higher quality than, than this, but I do really enjoy watching this one for a couple of reasons. I think it has some of the, best kind of fun and memorable one-liners or moments a lot of those come from um jill valentine who's in it in you know maybe this is the thing again i'm gonna absolutely like slate 
Welcome to Raccoon City in a little bit. But I like that she has the outfit from the game and she does things like headshot zombies really easily. And I think she's possibly... Would I have forgiven this entire series if Jill Valentine had been the lead, even if she had the same badassery and effectively she almost has superpowers. She just doesn't have a virus. She's just really cool and has loads of cool moves. So I really liked that. I like um, Carlos in it as well. Um, yeah. Played by the guy from absolute, the ab- his name is, uh, is it Oded? What's his last name? Oded Fair. Oded Fair. Yeah. Um, so he's in the mummy franchise, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He, he Again, is, he is great. Definitely and a weird love... sort of casting. Doesn't quite feel like Carlos, but you know, that's not a character yeah. that I think we need to worry about too much. You see, I like him because I do feel of him as a, like when I look at Odid Fair, I was like, he is an actor from films. So when I see him in a film, I'm like, yes. When I see, <laughs> sadly, and he's, you know, he's doing far better than I am in the world of acting. Yeah. When I see um, Wentworth Miller, I'm like, there's an actor from television in my, yeah. in, in, my, my in my movie. Also, um, uh, you got Mike Epps, who, um, sure, his role's played for laughs, but this was... MVP. Kind of MVP. LJ. LJ. <laughs> this was obviously around about the time when action-slash-horror movies of this era needed some comic relief, I guess. Um, and, yeah, we get it in Mike Epps' LJ. Um, um, Mike Epps' LJ is probably the reason I enjoy this, this movie. <laughs> for the utterance like- of... For the utterances of just a few phrases, but it's the main kind of one unbelievable being... that he survives and all of stars die. That is, <laughs> but, but but that that's the best and the the best bit of it. The 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 moment of this entire movie for me is after he's been, he's we meet him in the first instance in the Raccoon City Police Department, handcuffed to a clearly zombie um, sex yeah. worker who gets like shot and then he's released. And the next time we see him, he's driving down the street. And what does he say to that man in the road? GTA, motherfucker. GTA, motherfucker. He flips a zombie over the boot of his car and then gets distracted by stripper zombies walking out and then, like, crashes his car. Um, He's such a fun comic relief character. Um, And that's what makes me enjoy. And the same when he's, like, looking around the school for the little girl to yeah. rescue the scientist. But yeah, they... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, so talking about the little girl to rescue, um, obviously it's um, Jared Harris playing Dr. Ashford. Um, yeah, so again, they're trying to lean on the wider characters from the franch- mm-hmm. the game franchise as well, in terms of like Ashford's as well. Um, th- there's, there's also a guy who I'm like, is that not just supposed to be Wesker? Is it Major Kane? Yeah, but they hadn't cast him yet, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I'm not Wesker, definitely not, because he he gets he gets chomped up by zombies on this, doesn't he? Yeah. So, um, so he he isn't Wesker, but you would be forgiven for thinking that that's what they were. Yeah, why not just make that's it, what they were going just for? Make him Wesker, Nick God. Uh, and uh, this is where um, Captain Friendzone makes his first appearance as Doctor uh, Isaac. Yeah, of course, Captain Friendzone himself. Uh, yeah, I think. If this film was possibly, say, it had Jill Valentine as the lead, as you mentioned, and there was like an ever-present nemesis constantly after them, this horrible, unstoppable thing who wanted to kill all of stars and hunt them down, and they were just trying to survive while also trying to get out of Raccoon City, 
which is going to be blown up and there was a countdown or something, you know? Um, yeah. I probably would have enjoyed it, but the, the Alice plus Nemesis is humanized. That was it for me. I, blown I, it. I blown it. I logged out. <laughs> blown it for you. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's that's your number eight. Yeah, I, I think there's a good film here and I... I Guess I'm just a glass half full kind of guy, but I can see those bits. <laughs> I know you could remake it, and it'd be like you could, you know, yeah. fair play to them for doing the Nemesis as um, as practical. It does look rubbery, but I love old oh, Godzilla yeah. movies. So uh, yeah. there you go. Uh, so that that's what you get. And um, and Alice, yeah, were I making it, were I Paul W S Anderson, maybe I if I wanted my wife to be in the rest of the movies. Maybe I could have had them give her this one off and have them find her at the end, having done a uh, a Resident Evil 2 movie first. But also, how awesome was the end of the first movie of her walking out into Raccoon City and a band like a destroyed Raccoon City and and uh, cocking that shotgun ready to yeah, kick that was ass? Good. That was awesome. If she was that the was same good. Alice from the first movie in that one, then fine. But for some reason, she's just up, she's upgraded. She's upgraded all her points, all of her. <laughs> Well, she's leveled up in the course she's of the first leveled. game, and she's she's gone through a skill tree and gone right. I can toss a motorbike onto a liquor and shoot it now. It feels like a cheat code. It feels like she's found a cheat code, and you know we all enjoy yeah, that. She's got, deep down, she's got we... a cheat code for for like more <laughs> these all these powers now, and then by by afterlife, she's got infinite lives as well. That's what all those uh, oh, clones are. No way. Okay, so what what are we looking at now? So my number seven rattle through this because my number seven was afterlife. Okay, okay. Yeah. So what was your number seven? So my number seven is... Wait, wait. So your your number seven was Afterlife. Did, did you say your number eight? Yeah, my number eight was Damnation. Damnation. So my number seven is Resident Evil Retribution. Um, Retribution, okay. Now I'm thinking back to it. I'm like, so for me... Retribution, Apocalypse... I know I keep doing this and I keep... It's like I'm bargaining with myself. Retribution, Apocalypse and Afterlife. I feel like they all piss me off in the same sort of way. <laughs> so Equal like, measures. So putting the... Trying to rank these three uh, was probably the most difficult. The things that bother me about this is it has got so many iconic game characters and there's. I feel like they're all done such to, to the point where i was like hang on a minute i didn't even realize that was that character so you've got leon yeah okay got it you've got ada yeah, yeah she's she serves a purpose jill's in it again barry burton's in this yeah I did, I did not even realize it was barry burton until someone shouted barry and i said no not surely you recognized him from his from his body warmer his gilet i didn't you didn't recognize him what from his gilet what was going on with me anyway this point at this point of the franchise so this is what number five yes the the intro with my name is alice i've had a gutsful i've had a gutsful if you need to wrap up the convoluted unbelievable uh senseless storyline with a, a, a prologue at the start of every movie with my name is alice and this is my story then i'm afraid just who is watching the fifth installment in a franchise and needing a recap at the start of every film? Yeah, that's relentlessly terrible. These do you, again, sadly, Ben. Again, all interchangeable for me too. I've ranked this one slightly more highly for some of these reasons. I, it's cheesy as hell, 
but I like the opening scene where they all get captured and it's the and it's the one that's shot backwards. Oh, the backwards one. Do you know what? Yeah. Seeing it backwards and then seeing it forwards, but maybe from slightly different angles. Yeah, and much quicker. It's and done really quicker. slowly backwards it's and pretty- then you see it like pay out in like 30 seconds forwards. Yeah. Um, that was fun. I... I kind of like that this one is nonsense and just a reason to give it like a number of set pieces, but with the with kind of the positioning that yes, this is like a virtual testing environment and underground there is the suburbia from the beginning of the Dawn oh, of the yeah. Dead remake. There yeah. is the oh, yeah, there course. is the Russian, there is the there is the Moscow, there is the Tokyo. And basically, like, oh, I'm in the Tokyo room now, and then we'll do that fight on the Shibuya crossing. And now we're in Moscow, and we'll fight Los Ganados, and we'll we'll do like a car chase scene with them. And they were like the zombies from like Dead Snow, weren't they? They don't they don't have, yeah, a, they don't yeah. have a place in in Resident yeah. Evil. It felt like they just like, that Dead Snow is pretty popular. Yeah, get them in there as well. I think they're meant to be Ganados, aren't they? But like, it's um, it's like you throw you throw everything, you throw everything. There's a, another bloody liquor. Get over it, guys. <laughs> Give me a hunter. Oh yeah. Uh, to be fair, better liquor though this time. Like, cause yeah, it's, big, it's like big liquor, big scary, a bit more like big scary bioweapon, but gets dispatched so easily in the final battle between the yeah. big liquor and Alice. So easily. Well, because it's not the final battle. The final battle is a sort of tag team match between um, what is it? It's Alice and um, who's oh, Alice's? Who's Al- Alice's friend A- in this one? Alice and Ada. Alice and Alice and Alice and Ada versus Rain mind control back. Jill Val- <laughs> Valentine and yeah, Michelle Rodriguez is back this time in clone form. Everyone's back in clone form. Colin Salmon, having been chunked in the first one, he's a clone now and he's back. Rain's yeah. back at several instances of Rain. She's a good percentage of the. There's characters. a Rain who can't shoot a gun and it can just point and click. It's like a camera. Oh. And there's a rain that's brilliant at shooting guns. And yeah, it's um, it, I think this film expects too much of its audience. It expects its audience to a remember all the nonsense that is put in the films, b respect the nonsense that's been in the films, and c like now make sense of all of those things in a new story. Like it's yeah, it, it's I'm... too much. I'm here for it, and in the final and in the final battle, I love that they do Mortal Kombat X-ray moves. <laughs> yeah. Oh my but, god. Yeah. What was that about? That was. I know. Obviously, he made Mortal Kombat. Paul W. S. Anderson. So, has he just gone? I'll put a. I'll put the bit. Oh, these bits from. Oh, was was MK10? As well, MK9. I think had the first X-ray. But were they? Were Mortal? Did Mortal Kombat have X-ray moves in it before this movie? I'd have to I'd have to look that up. Yeah. But like I love it how Rain gives Alice the heart stopping punch, but she gets better from it. Whereas yeah. uh whereas her other character, it might be one of the it might not be Ada actually, it might be Oh, you know who it is? It's uh it's our mate from it's our mate the basketball player slash watch model who who was in who was in who was in Retribution or Afterlife or one of those ones who yeah. she met in that prison? He comes so the guy from uh, Afterlife. Yeah, what's his name? He um, comes back. Um, his name Luther is Luther West. Luther. So yeah, Luther comes back and Rain punch stops his heart when she has virus to give her extra punch yeah. in power. Um, but yeah, I, I'm kind of here for the nonsense on this one. I, I think at this, going on at this point, I was like. 
this movie is, is nonsense and I found it to be disposable enough that it yeah. was just absolute BS. So well, I kind of liked it for that. When I commented on Letterboxd, somebody said, this is my favourite a lot, like when I was slating it. And I was like, oh man. Ooh. I, uh, I don't know what it is. It's almost like the films just break you after a while and what well and once you're broken it's almost like all of those all of those grievances you have with it are just so much more apparent like yeah. so obviously I, I was broken very early into resident evil 2 and then from and that could, point onwards i couldn't could, get over couldn't recover <laughs> i couldn't recover so, but i couldn't forgive it for anything yeah so that was your number seven right that's my number seven yes Right, so number six for me, it's our newest entry, Resident Evil. Hmm. Welcome to Raccoon City. Yeah, I guess we can be fairly vague with this because we've obviously already reviewed it. On... Done a done a whole done, done a whole a blooming episode. Whole episode. Link, so if you're really interested, link in the show notes. <laughs> link in the show notes. If you're interested in finding out what we had to think about Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, um, two thousand and ones. Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. There's a whole episode. There's no ones, 2020 ones. You've, you've lost 20 years of your what did life I say? there, then. What did I say? 2000, 2001. Jesus. <laughs> 2021. Uh, yeah, I think that was released on, I think this is a, an episode on maybe December the 3rd. I'm not sure what number episode yeah, that was. Um, late but, last year, but you, can, but you yeah. can go and find that. We will link to the episode. I... Um, yeah, I can give you the quick. I'll give you the quick rundown of it. Things that I liked. I like that we got. I like some of the scenes and the settings that the guys put together in that movie. Like they really lovingly recreated some of the areas from the from the films, and it's nice that the characters were in there. Mm-hmm. But oh, one more thing. I like the way they did the degeneration of the zombies. It wasn't just you fall, you basically collapse and you're a zombie now. But what I don't like is that everyone's awful. No one's good at their jobs. These people are a special forces team and everyone is just like, <laughs> like the work experience kid. Yeah. Everyone is, everyone is awful at their, everyone is awful at their job and it's massively rushed. Like, I think I gave the example on the, on the episode that, if you wanted to do a Resident Evil, and you highlighted it in this chat as well, Ben, like you don't have the pacing to make it a slow exercise in dread and terror. At its best, Resident Evil could be alien and Resident Evil 2 could be aliens where it goes all out action. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't because what it feels like is a mess that you rush through. Um, it feels incredibly yeah. rushed. And I think I read something somewhere that the director... Johannes Roberts was like a big fan of the games. I don't believe him. I feel like he got the gig, uh, then he went and played Resident Evil 2, the remake, and then he made this film. That's what I think happened. Um, Call him out. You're gonna, you, you have to go at him and gatekeep him. So, um, in the save room on <laughs> yeah. level B1 of the, uh, of the laboratory complex... What key item do you find? What happens when you... How many times do you have to search Wesker's desk to find role of film B and what picture is on there when <laughs> you do it? And picture you, of Rebecca Chambers. Oh, don't tell him. If he listens oh, no, to this, Oh, don't tell him. Know. I would tell him. Sorry. Bleep it. Uh, Bleep that out. <laughs> so then uh, ask him. And if he can't answer he's it, he's not that. So, They've recreated so much from Resident Evil 2, the remake, 2019 remake, <laughs> that it just feels like he's, he's watched and played that game 
And then he's also added, oh, there's some other characters from the first game. Oh, yeah, we'll get them in there. This, If Leon got done dirty in the last film, he is done unbelievably dirty in this film, making him like a rookie who ain't, pretty much ain't got a clue what's going going on. Uh, I think Kaya uh, Scudelario is all right. And I think Hannah John Kamen as Jill Valentine is also all right. But, you know, it's all just all right. I mean, it's, that's a weird, weird, weird Wesker. That's the eight a, man as Bertie Wesker. Yeah. yeah, that's a weird Brian Irons. It's just weird. It makes me feel weird. Um, sure, they've recreated some, some scenes from the games pretty well. That's pretty cool to see. But story-wise, character-wise... Uh, and everything else wise it feels rushed i think rushed is correct yeah it's just madness how many scene transitions do we get that just has like a three o'clock in the morning three hours until the until the city blows up it's just so chopped and rushed it's we've already mentioned humanizing nemesis but humanizing lisa trevor in this now i know in the game's giving her a story and an understanding and we're supposed to sort of feel for her in this is fine but she still wants to kill you yeah she still well, wants like to lisa, Tre- lisa, lisa trevor is a yeah I, I think you can humanize her. she's a tragic character in the games but i felt i got more of that depth from let's be brutal like a little bit of flavor text in a video game like that yeah. you could skip over if you wanted of to course. whereas in this what we got is like lisa trevor you know hero yeah pretty much hero she's been living in an orphanage all these years but she's also hero yeah, yeah. there's not much hero else you but say. then we we leave her to be but you know we're quite happy to leave her to be nuked with the entire town <laughs> yeah, she's not that yeah. much of a hero um yeah yeah so, um, again so there we go smaller scale it's just raccoon city i like that um but it feels rushed and i think i had so many hopes and expectations for it i just wanted it to be fun you know but it was just it felt like it was fan ser- there's fan service and there's also like trying to squeeze in so many little nods where you go oh yeah 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 oh that's that yeah yeah oh that's that and it, yeah. oh yeah yeah that's nice isn't it but yeah it just didn't feel very genuine i think yeah yeah but whole episode on that get yourselves get yourselves your fill of it what's your number 6 man uh, so my number six is Resident Evil Extinction from 2007, as I've already mentioned. This sort of uh, run, okay. run from two to six, I'm kind of, yeah, not on board with particularly. The fact that it goes from bloody hell, Raccoon City got nuked, and on the news they're just going, yeah, it was a, it was a terrible accident, to suddenly, years later, the whole world has been taken over by the team yeah. virus it feel, again it felt if alice's character has no character like there's too much character growth from one to two then the world building from two to three is just treated the same um the literally the only thing i've written down is these films have a major hard-on for that laser corridor scene holy yeah, shit because it, it's it's back again as is captain uh as is captain friend zone yeah so he's back is uh Captain Friendzone is uh back again after his brief introduction in the last one. Um he's doing he's been doing science for five years, uh, with loads of Alice clones trying to find the best one, looking for the original. And he's got loads of them just out by the bins around the back when they've been killed in this perfect recreation oh, of yeah. the end of Resident Evil One he's made. Um Yeah. They this can- is where we start to lose like all all perspective of that that we followed the games, right? 
Yeah, pretty much. It's it's yeah. There's obviously crows, um, but you know the crows in in Resident Evil. You're like, oh, they're harmless, aren't they? Oh, no, they're attacking. This is kind of ridiculous. There's like hundreds of them all attacking at the same time. Um, there's so many zombies, like so many, like massive, unbelievable hordes of zombies. And again, I I, I can't keep saying in the games, but in the games. It's, it's rarely hordes, is it? It's like shambling zombies in corridors and, and narrow narrow alleyways. And yeah. yeah, you're given the impression that there are streets like that, but the settings of the games are kind of away from that because you are trying to pick your way through quiet streets and kind of mm. areas that have been blocked by rubble because that's the nature of the way that the games and work. We've, and we've still got like Umbrella Corporation dudes underground, like going come on we got to sort this out we want to get back up there <laughs> the world's literally ended uh yeah yeah and this is uh, the introduction um, of of ali larter's claire redfield as well yeah um, claire redfield where do we where do we know the, the claire redfield from ali larter is in heroes as claire i think i think it was her name claire and ali also larter. a claire uh no, oh, no, no, no you know what claire. i know her from She's pretty Claire. She's Claire from um, from Final Destination. Oh yeah! Look. Oh my Claire. God! Claire Rivers. <laughs> Claire Rivers. Claire Claire Rivers. Oh, she loves being a Claire. Claire, sorry, a Claire or a Claire. Um, in she's in Heroes as not a Claire. She's a Nikki slash Tracy. There she is, Nikki slash Tracy. Oh, Nikki she's the double the double one, right? There's a good and a bad, right? Yeah, I remember. Right. Um, so. But again, yeah. I don't recognise the character from the games in any way. It's just a person. And there's they've got like a caravan um, fighting their way through the hordes and it's like in the Nevada desert. It's, again, it's just a sort of Mad Max-esque zombie apocalypse yeah. film that doesn't really feel like a big, Resident Evil film. Big Mad Max vibes from this one. They go to Las Vegas to try and get some fuel. And at one point, a young cinema goer at the time Certain young, young master Zachary uh, <laughs> Zachary Snyder went to the cinema back in uh, back in two thousand and seven and saw this and thought, one day I'll do a zombie film in Las Vegas. <laughs> you say just uh, young Zachary Snyder. I think this is after Dawn of the Dead. He'd already done one. He'd already done one and thought, oh, my my zombie film seems to have been quite well re well received. Where do yeah. I go next? And then he sat and he sat down at the cinemas and he saw this. And, thought, and then he went, well, right, that's it. Is a worse idea. <laughs> here's a slightly worse idea. There's no bloody robots in this. I'll tell you what. <laughs> that was uh... the big. He came out. That was it. Like 2007, Zack Snyder coming out of the cinemas, having seen Resident Evil Extinction, Extinction, and said. There's some pretty mad stuff in that, or having psychic powers and those birds and everything like I that. I mean, the psychic power stuff in this is just like, oh, come on. No she's robots, already, She's already so, like, super-powered to like, a ridiculous degree. Why does she need to now have telepathic powers as well? Yeah. Because there, there, is, there is no reason. And then um, Captain Friendzone himself turns himself, I guess, into sort of a version of the kind of the Ouroboros squiddy yeah. monster slash one of the kind of stretch Armstrongs from um, <laughs> yeah. from Resident Evil Code Veronica, the yeah. sort of stretchy armsman the, that you get. Oh, what's it called? The Bandersnatch. They're called Bandersnatches, yeah. yeah. 
Oh man. Uh, yeah. So overall, mm, yeah. I mean, I've rated it higher in the list. Um, what did I say? I've rated it. At? It's your number six. It's my number six. So yeah. I've got it. I've got it higher still, Ben. Don't, don't you worry. I think it's. I think it's nonsense. But you've still got some. You got some real key players for me still. You've still got your. Um, LJ is there. Unfortunately, he falls oh, yeah. into the same. He falls into the get bitten, don't tell people. Oh wait, trap. I just remember who else is in it. Uh, Ashanti. Ashanti. Ashanti is in it. She gets pecked. Did she get pecked to death? Pecked to death by crows, and yeah. then I guess exploded in a fiery bus explosion. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not a coroner. Never claimed to be. I'm not sure what did for her, but um, one of she those things. She would have survived. David just pecked her eyes out. And left. Left the rest alone. Yeah. Crows, tiny, famously tiny mouths. They couldn't have eaten you. Yeah? No. Um, that's it. So that's her. Um, but yeah, there we I go. guess next next up we got my number five, which is the the final part in the animated saga, Resident Evil Vendetta. Ah, okay. So yeah, I've not got to I've not got to any of the animated films in my list just yet. Top three. Here's <laughs> my, my top three. But I think one of the reasons I was into this, as we've already mentioned, is again I think the animation gets slightly better from yeah. f- from uh, degenerate not degeneration from damnation to this one. There's a slight jump in in the animation, but there are two action scenes this one in particular is chris and leon in a corridor versus loads of zombies inside i was going to mention that one i really like that it's really good it's great some sort of dance fight thing this is the thing this is where you think i don't look at them two and think oh my god they're super powered i look at them and think they're well trained yeah that's what i think like all the maneuvers feel like sure sure it's over the top sure it's ridiculous but what I liked from this one uh, and that particular scene is that you've got two characters in this computer-generated world and they're not speaking, but you can tell that they are different characters because they have a very different style of movie. So Leon is very um, athletic and finessed and he's, you know, like kicking a zombie's legs out from under them and then shooting them and then he's like twisting them around and like using things. Whereas Chris Redfield is, he's a man of big fist punches he's there he's a boulder puncher he's he's suplexing him over the place he is all over it and he's got like yeah it's and chris and leon don't appear alongside each other in anything else do they Uh, resident evil 6 they cross paths a bit crossover in resident evil 6 yeah but you know apart from that less said about less said about that the better so Uh, i think that's pretty cool to see both of those guys in it and then there's a chris versus who's he fighting with a gunfight where they're all even though they're shooting at each other they're missing and they're two meters away Oh, the the science, the the, yeah. ba- the the bad man who, again, really poor HR policy at Umbrella. He is bad because his wedding was attacked by a drone strike. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. of course. And he's, and he's still got his wife's severed arm, but she looks, she looked before being blown up and just being an arm, she looked a bit like Rebecca Chambers. So he yeah. fancies stealing Rebecca Chambers and making That's her right. into Also, a- the Rebecca Chambers bit at the start when they're in what what where are they in like a laboratory yeah a laboratoire laboratoire <laughs> that all that stuff's really effective i think like her going yeah. out the room and then coming back in and and yeah all all of that stuff is genuinely quite that seems like a place i would like to explore in a resident evil game um 
I just thought add some awesome sequences. It's like the it's like a quintessential cast of Resident Evil characters. And even though I can't remember, but I'm sure it remind me, I've also written a truly grotesque final form for the big bad. Now, what does he turn into? Oh, yeah. He turns into like a glowy heart, sort of intelligent, slightly talking tyrant. He's all... Yeah. He, he, he looks like... You know when you're a kid and you've got a scab and your mom and dad tell you not to pick at it? He looks like what will happen if you pick at it. Ooh. Yeah, but all the tyrants—they've always got a big heart on the outside that's glowing, and you're like, "I wonder what bit I should attack." Yeah, obviously, when Umbrella were when Umbrella were making their monster designs, they were like, "Right, what famous scientists can we use for our monster designs?" So, well, I'd like to do in my bioweapons what famous genius scientist Doctor Robotnik has done with his machines. That's how oh. big glowing weaknesses. Yeah. Big glowing weaknesses. Um, yeah. And he's a bit Bane, isn't he, as well? There's he's, some, he is. There's he is a little of, bit Bane. There's some, char- there's some Bane characters, aren't there? Some Bane Yeah, tyrant. he's got like a big hench, hunchback tyrant yeah. mate who's got a got a man in the man in the iron mask yeah. vibe about him. But yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a mad one. It's another it mad, mad one. It is a mad one. So, but of, of, all, of all the animated ones, probably the one worth watching the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think I agree there. So that so my, from my five down to two is all the ones we've already discussed now. So there is a quick countdown. Then I'll do you a quick countdown. My number five is Resident Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City. Okay. Um, for for reasons we've discussed, I just think I've put that ahead of all of the other Mila Jovovich ones, just because it doesn't fill me with as much rage as the others do. Uh, which is fair enough, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um, then it is Resident Evil Degeneration. So I've gone for Degeneration, then Damnation, and then Vendetta. Just because, yeah, as I said, they feel more like I'm watching live action CGI. Uh, sorry, I'm watching, not live action CGI. I'm watching uh, set pieces from the games, like yeah. the, the FMVs, the sequences from those and it feels like the resident evil universe whereas i find it hard to believe that with the live action ones um yeah so that uh, takes you right up to where sorry takes me right up to number one that takes you right up to number one and uh, in that case then so my five was resident evil vendetta my four was extinction retribution is number three because i like that nonsense and that takes me to number two uh, so that means we've only got one film left to talk about i'll reveal that because of its stupidity and GTA motherfucker. Resident Evil Apocalypse is my number one. My number two must be your number one, therefore, by process of elimination, ipso facto. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wait, it so is... your number one is Resident Evil Apocalypse? Yeah, because oh, okay, I just okay, love that okay. crazy shit. Although, I think I said to you in the chat before we started, I will absolutely agree. Resident Evil, the original, is a better film. I'm going to make a bold statement for a film I put second in the ranking rather than first. I would say Resident Evil 1 is a slightly tighter script and better lighting away from being a genuinely good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Resident Evil 1, I feel like, has its own like kind of style and atmosphere and vibe that, while it doesn't feel... It feels as close to Resident Evil as any of these other films have got. Um, yeah. And again, close quarters, a small environment, um, 
a claustrophobic environment and a, a band of uh, of survivors all just trying to with the, with the same goal trying to get out of there that i could have done without the amnesia stuff i think i wasn't entirely sold by it and when people when people oh I, i've suddenly remembered who i am and then suddenly they go full supervillain. i'm a baddie now <laughs> i'm a baddie now it's like that that is a bit ridiculous um and also with these i find especially with this one i think the more i see this film the less i appreciate it now it's been about probably loads of times this is a film whenever i see it on tv i'll stop and watch it you'll stick it on but i feel like because i've seen it so much i'm just so aware of all the things i don't like about it now so yeah the zombies are a bit dodgy they're a bit bleedy eyed um there are some kind of creepy moments when someone you think's dead, floating in water. Oh, they're alive. Uh, Cerberus dogs. The hand look against good. the glass. Yeah. Hand against the glass. Yeah. Cerberus dogs look good because they're actual dogs with like makeup yeah. on. They're not CGI. They're great. Uh, and I've heard a little little bit of trivia on that one that the dogs had to be especially well trained because they put meat on them originally and they would oh, keep wow. licking it. Off, they'd keep licking it off because <laughs> don't know if you know this about dogs. Yeah. Love a bit of meat. They'll eat that up. So um, we we did we did cover this on uh early episode of the podcast back in 2018 September 28th 2018 so if you go find that episode not sure what number it was but yeah this Alice in this feels like a person <laughs> she feels like a person who's trying to survive against the odds um she's uncovering the mysteries of umbrella and and her own identity obviously and there's a bit of a espionage um subplot going on as well and we generally are pissed off at the Red Queen because she's making things difficult for them at every turn. And yeah. the la- the first in- in- the first appearance of the laser corridor is effective. It does make you think, shit. Yeah, yeah, it does. And you know, I think we got we got this talk about then another main feed episode coming up soon. Is it the is it the start of Colin Salmon being chunked in movies? Yeah. So I didn't notice this, but the way he gets diced into cubes happens to him not not to the same degree but definitely very similarly in alien versus predator so we'll be discussing that on the next main main episode of the podcast he's been chunked destined to be cubes destined to be cubes uh there's there's a lot to like about this movie you know despite its flaws like i say there there are bits where you can see the seams there's a bit um when they first encounter the zombies in like kind of an industrial warehouse area which if the lighting was better it's just a little bit light it, mm. it looks like it's been filmed on a on a sound stage in a studio somewhere I, versus in one of those locations i like but the there... sorry i like the score i like the, inter- the inclusion yeah. of some songs like obviously it's got a bit of a of a early 2000s metal vibe there's slipknot there's uh marilyn manson there's um, various things like that. And also, throughout, the, throughout this franchise, actually, it leans heavier into a perfect circle. There's like two or three perfect circle songs which are in it. And I think in one of the films, they even try and implement the perfect circle song into a score. I think it's the song The Outsider. And I think that's good. I think that works well. That sounds cool. It kind of like adds to the vibe and it's a bit of a throwback to this film, which is obviously a bit, yeah. a bit of a... It's a bit of a time capsule, you know, to two thousand and two. Yeah, it, it's a very, it's a very two thousand and two movie, isn't it? But like, yeah, I think 
genuinely probably the best Resident Evil film they've ever made. Took criticism for not being like the games at all, apart from having Umbrella in it. Um, but I will I'll kind of take that because it is probably the best standalone alone film, despite not being my favourite of the of the series. Yeah. Uh the liquor looks a bit shoddy in It's a bit two thousand and two CGI, doesn't it? Two thousand and two CGI, but you know, we can we can forgive it, I think. I think I'll need to maybe not watch it for a little while, so when I go back I'll appreciate it because I think I've overdone it. But that's my what's well, my number one, and it's your number two. My number two. So yeah, to make this official, my number one officially stated, top of the pops, Resident Evil, Apocalypse. I had so many like that <laughs> genre of Apocalypse, Afterlife, Retribution. Yeah. Oh man, it's so difficult to follow because it's just like, they're just such cookie cutter sequel words, aren't they? I mean, I guess, yeah, they are pretty much. Speaker of the Ooze, Back in the <laughs> Habit, Judgment Day. Judgment Day could be a Resident Evil sometimes. Yeah, it could. So I've got your whole ranking on the screen now so we can see Apocalypse is number one. Uh, right so top four, Top four are all live action. Uh, yeah. And then a little bit later with the with the animated films, final chapter we're both not into as much. I've gone for Resident Evil 1 as is my favourite. I was a bit unsure. I, I think I had Vendetta there initially, but then I was like, yeah, but really, really the first film probably deserves a bit more credit because um, it's because it's all right you know yeah, it came first it's got to sit out it there came first and then i've i've ranked the animated ones quite highly then raccoon city welcome to raccoon city and then it's all the rest the rest of the Miliovich ones that are interchangeable i think final chapter is definitely the worst but you could interchange six seven eight and nine for me they're all equally frustrating well, Ben, we've done it. We've done it to ourselves. We've got through all these movies, and now we've we've shared with the good folks that that listen to this. Um, yeah. If you enjoyed, if you enjoyed this, and then you would like to hear us genuinely be enthusiastic and positive about the games, apart from possibly six, which is bad. Um, yeah, then let us know. We'll we'll put some time on the calendar to talk some lovely Resident Evil games because we could talk yeah, we enthusiastically and joyously about those. Yeah, if this has been too negative for you, we'll do the games and then uh, you'll hear us absolutely adore them. I think, I think we did say something good about every single one, though, even even in this. And, he, and if these, if yeah, these are your fa- if these are your favourite movies, anyone listening, that's all right. Because there's, there's, there's totally fun fine. things in it. Maybe you also love Paul W.S. Anderson's wife. You might it's be. Likely. It's likely. If, I think you should. If so, if so, also go ahead and watch Ultraviolet because if you thought she had a lot of oh, good yeah. costume changes and all the best moves in these films, my goodness, you need to watch Ultraviolet immediately because she's changing outfits every five <laughs> minutes and wins everything. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, there we go. So thanks very much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, uh, well, if you are listening to the show on Patreon, then you already are a patron, so thank you. But if you enjoyed the show, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. Uh, thanks to everybody who supports us on that platform. Um, we'll be doing some more bonus content. We'll confirm what that is in in the coming weeks. Thanks to Kovach Kaiman for our theme music. Oh, actually, Taj Easton for our theme music this week. Slightly different uh, with the bonus, bonus Oak Claxton. Thanks to ACAS hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rate and a review. Head over to the Facebook group, Horror Hangout Board of Advisors, for more. Thanks to my co-host, Andy, for being a right horror dude and fan 
of Mila Jovovich almost as much as Paul. No one's that much. W S Anderson. Lo- yeah, there are there are two Paul oh, yeah. Andersons. It's, Paul I think Anderson. it's if it's W S. If it's Paul Thomas Anderson that loves Mila Jovovich more than W S Anderson. Have a word. <sighs> My goodness. My goodness. Disgraceful. Trouble it trouble in paradise. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you later. Bye everyone. Bye for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.